Yeah, that's, that's so true. What in the world are we getting ourselves into? Like, I, I, I don't know. Um, this is going to be an interesting sermon series. I'm so glad you're here with us on our first week as, as we're starting this new series called Grill Talk. You see, our desire for every single person here at Central is that first that you would meet Jesus and then that you would actually grow. You would actually grow in your faith. And so for the next five Sundays, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be grilling up, so to speak, some solutions uh, to help you grow, and more specifically, to actually help you feed yourself. You see, the Bible says that you need to grow. And I'd like to just start off right off the bat by opening up to Hebrews chapter 5. That's going to be our, our main text for the next five weeks as we look at what it means to actually Feed ourselves. Let me reread this to you, um, starting in verse 12. Here's what the Bible says. So, the writer of Hebrews, he is going through and he's talking about some deep things of the faith, and he's, he's talking about Jesus being um, a high priest and what does that actually look like, and it's into some deep stuff. And here's what he ends up saying He says this it's kind of like a, a rebuke, really. It's pretty, pretty harsh. He says this. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You're like babies. <laughs> You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And then we're going to include the next verse, which is chapter 6, verse 1. I think it's a great conclusion. He says this. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. When my kids were, were babies, they drank milk. I remember handing them a bottle and they would just grab it and they loved it. But once you start feeding a kid some real food, two things either happen. Actually, both things happen. If it's peas, if it's like baby food, it's peas or green beans, they don't like that stuff, right? Like, ugh. But you start actually giving them things that they actually like or some actual little, little solid, like little snacks. It's crazy how their, their eyes light up, you know? They're like, whoa, I, didn't, I had no idea that this was actually out there. Kids grow up, and like my son right now, um, all he eats is steak. Like every time we go to a restaurant, he's going to get the biggest steak, right, Corbin? And Holly and I, we, just, we like share the kids' meal or something. Like just, that's just how it is. But he's grown up, right? He's not going to go to a restaurant and order milk. No, he's going to have steak because he knows what it's like. He knows how good it tastes and the benefits it has for him. You see, there comes a point in everyone's life when they have to decide to grow up. Well, most of us, right? right? Most of us eventually grow up. And the same goes for our spiritual lives. Eventually, you got to eat some real food. Eventually, you've got to get off the bottle. Because no one wants to be called a baby, do they? No one wants to be called a baby. Yet I believe that for a lot of us, maybe even for all of us at times, we're just drinking some, some spiritual milk. Because we have no idea how good the real food tastes and actually what we're missing. And one of the areas that, that we need to talk about 
in this regard is our prayer life. And so today that's what we're going to do. We're going to be talking about how our prayer life can sometimes be like taking in some spiritual milk, but also perhaps some spiritual meat as well. You see, praying has some milk to it, okay? And it has some meat as well. But let's, let's look at some of the, the milk of prayer, the, the prayer milk. You see, what I mean by that is some basic ingredients. There's some basic things about prayer that I think are important for all of us to understand. So whether you're new to God, um, whether you're near to God, or whether you're far from God, it's important to know the importance of prayer, of prayer and how to pray. So here's how you pray. There is no magic formula. There's no magic formula for prayer. There's no special posture that you have to take for God to hear your, your prayers. There's no specific time to actually pray where God will, will hear you. There's no certain place that you have to go to to be able to, to get God's ear. And there's no special KJV words that you have to pray for God to, to listen to you. But there is a guide. God gives us a guide. Jesus himself gives us a guide to actually how to pray. And so I'd like to, to take you there real quick. There's a couple places in, in the New Testament where in the Gospels where Jesus talks about this. But in Luke chapter 11, let me show you what Jesus says about prayer. He says this. This is how you should pray. And he gives us the Lord's prayer, right? Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and don't lead us or don't let us yield to temptation. So what is Jesus teaching here? Well, he's teaching some basic elements of prayer. Let's look at those. When he says, Father, what it teaches us is that prayer is talking with God. Not to God, but with God. There's a relationship going on. There's you speaking and then you listening as well. When he says, may your kingdom come, may your name be kept holy. When he says those things, what he's talking about is it's a chance for us. Prayer is a chance for us to worship God. Man, God, may your, your kingdom come. May your name be holy. It's an opportunity to worship him. When he says, give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins, it's, prayer is an opportunity for us to, to, to lift up our needs to him and also to, to lay down our sins. And when he finishes and says, God, help us to, to not yield to temptation, what it teaches us is that prayer is where you actually go to prepare for battle. Prayer is important. But those are some little basics about prayer. And when you pray, something happens. When prayer is a part of your life, what happens is you get some wisdom in it. Prayer will reveal wisdom for big decisions. If I need some wisdom for some big decisions, prayer will help you with that. It also creates strength to fight temptation. It helps in your relationship with God, and it builds trust and expands your faith, and it deepens your connection with God. And one of the great things about prayer is it puts you in your place, amen, because you quickly realize that you are not God, okay? Prayer is so beneficial for all of us. So that's a... That's a a little basics of prayer. That's, that is the, the milk of prayer. When you see me walking around church, what do you see me holding? Yeah, yeah, you know it, right? I got my coffee cup over here, okay? When you see me walking around, I got my coffee cup, and inside it, 
There is no milk in this thing, okay? It is coffee. Because that's what grown-ups are supposed to drink, right? Or I guess. And so I'm walking around drinking coffee. You're not going to see me walking around um, drinking in milk. I am 41 years old. But I think it's sometimes I may be 41, but spiritually I'm acting like a little kid. And I wonder if the same thing goes for us, that you may be a certain age, but spiritually you're still little. And what the Bible is teaching us today is that we eventually have to, we have to move beyond this elementary understanding of prayer. In fact, I want to help you to see that. So I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, that last verse that we added in our main text. And look what it says. It says, okay, if that is true, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. I love that. He says, let us go on past these basic things. You see, milk level prayers have some basic ingredients that we talked about, but they're missing one thing. What they're missing is the meat of prayer, prayer meat, so to speak. And it's not like a a higher level of prayer, but it's actually a deeper understanding. And that, what that can do is it can bring life to a faith is on cruise control. Anybody ever have, you feel like at seasons in your life, you're, you're just on cruise control spiritually? Yeah. How do you bring life to your faith when it's on cruise control? What I believe is that you need some meaty prayers. You see, meaty prayers have one main ingredient, and it is this, the death of your will. That's different than some of the basics of our prayer life. You see, something has to die when you pray. What that is, is your personal will. And if you don't believe me, look at Jesus's example in the gospels. In fact, in Mark chapter 14, Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's in the garden at night with his disciples. And here's what it says. It says he went on a little further and he fell to the ground. Some versions say, retelling this, say that he, he sweat drops of blood. I mean, he is concerned, right? And he prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. And here was his prayer. God the Son, praying to God the Father, says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. And then he stops and says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Look at what Jesus does here. Even though he is God the Son, he humbles himself as a man. And he is stressed out. I'm just telling you, in this story, Jesus is more stressed out than you and I have ever been stressed out in our lives. And he asks that the cross can be taken away from him. And yet with humility, he pauses and says, but more than anything, Father, I want your will to be done. You see, before Jesus was crucified on the cross, he crucified his will in the garden. I think we got to understand that. And what he did is he revealed the main ingredient of effective prayer. You know what that is? The main ingredient of effective prayer, it's the death of what you want. It's the death of what you want. You see, when God is just like a genie in a bottle 
and we're just asking for things that he's going to grant us, grant, our, grant us our wishes, or he's just a, a Santa Claus and we're, we're wanting him to give us stuff, then he isn't God in our lives. We are. When that is your relationship with God, he is not God in your life. You are. And that's how prayers get mixed up and backwards. And the Bible actually talks about those kind of prayers. In James chapter 4, here's what it says. When you ask, you don't get it. You don't get what you ask for. Why? Because your motives are all wrong. (laughs) You want only what will give you pleasure. I think for a lot of us, our prayer life, we pray as if we're the most important person in the room. Almost like we should end our prayers by saying, in my name I pray, amen. Like that's how we should end our prayers, because of the things that are in our prayers. You ever wonder why we, we say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen, like at the end? Why, why do we do that? Is, that? is that like the ending to a letter? Like are we telling God we're done? You know, like why, why do we do that? What is, is it is us putting ourselves in the proper position. It's, we, are, we are properly positioning our hearts just like Jesus did. Jesus was the example saying, not my will, but your will be done. Like you and I have been training for this moment our whole lives. When we were little kids, you went to school, you get in line, don't you? Right? You're going to recess, you're going to lunch, everybody gets in line. Anybody ever been one of those kids that was like, the teacher loved you and you're always first in the line? You know, you're in charge, you're the line leader or whatever. No one's going to admit that. How many of y'all was always, always at the back of the line? Anybody? Okay, yeah, I got, got some more takers, the back of the line people, right? But you've been training for this your whole life. It's basics of following the leader. And that's what the Bible is teaching us. We've got to properly align our hearts where God is in charge. He is in the front. And we're following Jesus' example. Look what Jesus says in John chapter 14. He says this. Man, this is beautiful. You can ask anything. You can ask for anything in my name, and I'm going to do it. I will do it. And then he says this. He adds this at the end, which changes everything. He says this, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. So the son can bring glory to the father. It changes everything. Here's what it's saying. And we get kind of messed up on this verse. A lot of people look at this and say, here's what Jesus is saying. Man, if you just ask, you just believe deep enough, man, he'll give you whatever you want, okay? Whatever you want. But here's what Jesus is actually saying. Here's how our prayers should be. God, here are my, my problems. God, here are my concerns. Here are my my desires, here are the things that I feel like I need. I'm praying these things for my family and for people that I know. Here are all these things, and that's okay to ask those. But we also need to be saying this, but God, I want more than anything, I want my life to bring you glory. Whatever may happen, no matter what. You see, the proper position of our heart has to be, God, you're number one. You're first, and I'm nothing. Your will is my goal. It's my, my will is not the goal. I want you to become more so that I can become less. I don't want to use you, God. Instead, God, use me. That's a different kind of prayer, isn't it? But I wonder if a lot of times our prayers are just like, God, here's what I need from you today. Instead of saying, God, what do you want me to do today? When our will dies, it's the death of your dreams. It's making your desires in line, behind, like following the leader, following after 
God's desires. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying when that happens, when your desires are in line with God's desires, ask whatever you want, and it's going to happen. This is what it means to, to pray in Jesus' name, where he is the focus. Like he, it's, it's not us, it's, it's him as the focus. And so here's my challenge to you today. For the rest of your life, when you pray in Jesus' name, I want you to remember that you're crucifying your will, okay? It is the death of your desires. And then you say amen to that. You know what amen means? So let it be. So let it be. And we trust that in, if it's God's will, he will say, so be it. And it will happen. I guarantee you something will happen when you pray those kind of prayers. Something incredible will happen. It will be life-changing. But it will be a little scary as well and a little bit shocking. And it's this. When your will dies, your prayers are going to get bold. They're going to be different. Hey, this, this week I was praying for this sermon, and so I went on YouTube, and I, I went and uh, looked up one of Joel Osteen's sermons. Yeah, I'd get some inspiration. And uh, on, on bold prayers, and I, I, want, to, I want to actually read um, one, of his, one of his prayers on bold prayers in front of 20,000 people televised all around the world. Here's what he said about, about prayer, bold prayers. He says this, ask for your dreams. Ask for your goals. Ask him to increase your business, to help you pay off your house, to bless your kids, to take your family to a new level. And he goes on and says, I believe that there's a warehouse up in heaven full of boxes of things you've never asked for, full of healing and property and businesses and blessings, but you didn't ask. He says, man, that's a bold prayer. But let me tell you that, that is not a bold prayer. That's a selfish prayer with just a lot of desire behind it. And that's not what a bold prayer is. A bold prayer is not wanting something more and more and believing that it's going to happen. That's not a bold prayer. A bold prayer is a selfless prayer. It's not about you. Yes, it is praying for healing. It's praying for a change in your circumstance. But more than that, it's praying that God, no matter what happens, help me in the middle of that circumstance in the middle of that sickness, help me to be a light. God, I want, it, I want your will to be done. I want you to use me, God. I'm not asking things for things to be fixed in my life. If you don't believe me, again, look what Scripture has to say. The very first church in Acts chapter 4, these new believers, they are being persecuted like crazy, guys. And if you and I were being persecuted like they are, we would be like packing our bags. We'd have a plan to escape town, to get out. We'd be asking God for protection, to help us, to find a better place, a better life. And look what happens. It says this. They're praying this prayer to God. It says, and now, O oh Lord, hear their threats against us. This is what's going on. And give us, your servants, great boldness, not to run and flee, but to do what? In preaching your word. Two verses later, it says this after this prayer. The meeting place shook, and they, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. That's a different attitude, right? What was their prayers about? Their prayers were not for themselves. Their prayers were for God to get glory in the middle of that circumstance. So here's what I want to do. I want to finish with a little bit more grill talk. How many guys love salsa? 
I love salsa. I love me a good salsa. Man, mm, it's one of my favorite things. I think it's because chips are my favorite food and, you know, I need that. Confession time again. Talk about it every week. Um, I love salsa, right? But if I take the ingredients of salsa, like a tomato and an onion, a big jalapeno, some lime, cilantro, some other, other spices and ingredients. If I take those and I just put them in like in a big bowl, they're raw. They have not been made into salsa yet. And I, and I just offered that to you. You'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this, right? And I wonder if sometimes our prayers are like that. We take all of our wants and desires and our, our, our needs, our things we, we're asking God for, we just kind of offer those to God. And that's not how it works. You see, something else has to happen. If you're going to make good salsa, you know what you do? you got to put those things on the chopping block, right? You get out your knife and you start cutting those things up. But it's not enough just to cut those ingredients in half. You eventually got to put them in a blender, you know? And you put the lid on that blender and then you hit that button. And all those things just get pulverized. And what you're doing is you're not just blending up ingredients. You know what's actually happening? Something is dying. You're not blending up ingredients. It's the death of something. You see, the meat of prayer is you hitting that blend button. Where all your desires, all your wants, all those things that you're asking God, those things, those things die. Your will is cut to shreds. There's no turning back, right? And the result is something amazing. Like that's, when I hand someone a bowl of salsa that's been, been mixed up. That's, that's so much different than just those basic ingredients without the death of something, without the blending of those things. Here's my fear. I wonder if our, our prayers are just kind of cheap and repetitive and timid because they're selfish. Instead, they should be fearless and bold. Not because we just have a desire for those things to happen more, more, but because we're praying that God's will will be done more than anything. Let me ask this. Are you playing it safe? Are you playing it safe? Or are you praying bold prayers? You know what safe prayers are. God, help me today. God, uh, make things go good today. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Nothing wrong with those prayers, but those are just basic prayers. Those are praying it safe. But are you praying some bold prayers? Let me give you some examples of, of some bold prayers. How about this? The first and the greatest bold prayer that you can pray is, God, I need you. I cannot save myself. I need a Savior. The greatest and most bold prayer that you can pray is for your salvation, that God would save you from your sins. When you recognize and believe that Jesus died on the cross to, to pay for your sins, then for, to forgive you, and they rose from the grave, when you put all your hope and trust in your life on that promise, that's a bold prayer. Have you done that? It's the greatest prayer that you can pray. For a lot of us, we'd say we've done that. 
But what are our prayers like now? I think one of the boldest prayers we can pray is to never stop praying for someone else's salvation. Whether it's a family member or a friend, even though it feels like they're, as you're praying, they're continuing to walk away from God, that doesn't mean you stop. It means you continue to pray that bold prayer that God would do something. And even more than that, God, use me in some way. Humble me, use me so that I can be a part of this, this person's story. How about this? That no matter the outcome, you pray for God to work in whatever is wisest for our good and his glory. Here's what I mean by that. I think a lot of times we, we pray these simple prayers that God would fix things in our lives. What if our prayer was like, God, if you want to fix it, that's great. But more than that, I want you to do the wisest things that maybe I can't even recognize and realize right now. For my good that I don't understand and for your glory. It releases you and say, God, I'm, you're in control and I'm trusting you in the middle of this. How about this? Here's another bold prayer. God, I will go wherever you send me. A lot of us have that prayer, but it's like, God, I will go wherever you send me if it's only like this far away, okay? <laughs> or God, I'll go wherever you send me just as long as it's within this, this field of business. Like, don't, don't take this away from me. As long as my family is with me, as long as I, like, we have all these concessions, like all these, these criteria that we, we put in front of our prayers. Instead of saying, God, use me, whatever you want. May my life be completely poured out. That is a bold prayer. That is a selfless prayer. How about this? What about praying for your enemy? The person you can't stand. It's so easy to just pray for yourself and for the people that you love. What about them? Here's the, here's the biggest one. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna have any fans after this one. What about bold prayers for your kids? We pray some pretty selfish prayers for our kids, don't we? Here's what they look like. God, I just need you to put a hedge of protection around my kid, right? Protect them. Provide for them. God, help them to get into that school. Help them to, to have that education. Help them to have a great job and, and marry some godly person that makes a lot of money. And God, I pray that they can, they can have a better life than, than I have. That is a selfish prayer. Why are we praying that? It's fine if we pray those things, but if that's all we pray about for our kids, we're missing something. When Corbin was born, or before he was born, I was reading in Mark chapter 7. In verse 11, his name comes up, Corbin. And what it means is a Hebrew word for a gift back to God. And I was like, man, that's it. Like, God, thank you for blessing us with, with, our, with our son. And God, we're just giving him back to you. I wonder if our prayers need to be like that, where we're, we're just praying, God, have them. God, would you use my kid to bring glory to you? Would you send them to the farthest places in this planet, the most dangerous places, so they can tell people about Jesus that will never hear about him? 
We don't pray those prayers for our kids. Like, God, just protect them, you know, provide for them. Make sure their life is nice and easy. That is not a bold prayer. It's a simple prayer. What kind of prayers are you praying for your kid? What it does is it shows your priorities. It shows you what's most important in your life. What about praying to change bitterness to forgiveness? For some of us, we got some bitterness. It's like a little pet that we just kind of hang on to, right? Take with us. We've justified that bitterness. Someone has wronged us or wronged someone we love. We need to pray for some serious forgiveness and recognize that, God, you forgave me. I don't deserve that. Therefore, as Scripture says, therefore, I should forgive you as well. I, for, I should forgive that person. How about this? God, make me so uncomfortable in my circumstance right now that I have nowhere to turn but you. We always pray for God to get us out of that circumstance. God, can my life just be like mountaintop experiences for forever? Please, so that I really don't need you very much? What about saying, God, thank you for the valley? Thank you for the cancer. Thank you for the lost job. Thank you for the relationship that has fallen apart. I don't understand it. I know there's sin. I know there's, there's faults that we all have to, to bear. But God, I don't know why this is happening. But God, I'm thanking you for that because in the middle of that, I have nowhere to turn but you. So God, use me in that. Maybe keep me in there for a little bit longer so that I, have, I can trust you more and more so my relationship with you can grow deeper and deeper. We don't pray those kind of prayers. We pray for everything to be fixed. God, don't take me out of this situation. Instead, change my heart. Grow me in the middle of it. We can pray for healing and circumstances to change, but what about, God, in the middle of all this, that you would give me some joy, some peace, some patience, some kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Give me the fruits of the Spirit that if I was only on the mountaintops, I might never be able to under, truly understand and know. But while I'm in this valley, help me, God, grow me in the middle of it. Here's an incredibly bold prayer. God, give me a relationship. Give me a chance meeting with someone so that I can share my story with them. I wonder how many times we're praying about us and our sharing of our faith. Are we just like, God, I just pray that, that our, our community comes to know you as Lord and Savior. And this church grows or whatever, right? We pray those prayers, but maybe a, a deeper prayer is, God, give me an opportunity today. Do we pray that prayer? You know what happens when you pray that prayer? Every day you walk around and it's not about you anymore. It's about God, I'm going to the grocery store. I got to get some eggs. But are you going to use me in this moment? I had this job. I don't like my coworkers. God, are you going to use me today? Are you going to bring up a conversation that all of a sudden can turn into a gospel conversation and I have an opportunity to either run from my faith or to embrace it? You see, our prayers have to change. Your will has to die. This is how you grow, how you, how you move beyond just taking in milk. You put the 
baby bottle down and you pick up the fork and the knife, right? Let's not pray it safe. Don't make your prayers just about you. Here's what we got to do. We got we to kill our will. That's the special ingredient to prayer. And then you can pray some bold prayers. That is my hope for you this week. I want to encourage you to take out a piece of paper, take out your phone or in your Bible, and maybe this week start writing out, maybe even today, write, start writing out some bold prayers you've never prayed before that are selfless, that are like Jesus' prayer. God, your will be done in my life. Next week, I want to invite you to come back. We're going to move on from prayer. We're actually going to talk about dessert, okay? It's going to be great. You're going to love it. And we're going to talk about the sweetness of authentic worship, how we can continue to feed ourselves and grow in our faith. Let me pray for you. God, I love you. So thankful that you give us, Jesus, you give us how to pray. And then you show us that special ingredient, the meat of prayer, which is the death of our will. I pray, Lord, if anyone here today has never humbly come before you and asked for forgiveness, they never repented of their sins and trusted in you. I pray that today would be the day that they would say yes to you. It would be the day of their salvation right now. They would do that right now. For all of us, God, who have prayed that prayer. And it's like a what now moment. What do we do now? How do we continue to grow? God, I pray this would be a gut check experience right now in this week of what is our prayer life like? Are we praying it safe? <laughs> I confess, God, that oftentimes I'm praying it safe. I want things to be nice and easy in this life. My prayers are just a whole bunch of wants. Instead of bowing and saying, God, your will be done. Use me. Teach me. Help my will to line up with your will so that I can bring you glory in my life. And I pray the same thing for my kids, my family, my lost friends. God, help us to realize that it's not about us. It's all about you. Change us. Help us to grow, we pray in Jesus' name. We are so glad that you joined us for Central Online today. It's been a great time of worshiping our Savior together as a Central family. Maybe today God's been speaking to you about trusting Him with your whole life and even in taking that first next step in following Him. Well, we'd love to get connected with you. You can text the word FORGIVEN to 94000 and that will get you in touch with our ministry team. 
And if you need prayer about something specific, we'd love to be able to come alongside you and pray. So send us an email to prayer at cbcowasso.org. If this message spoke to you today, why not take a second and share it with a friend or a family member that might need to hear it? It's an exciting time to be part of Central as we do our best to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. We'll see you next week.